0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to At Your Service.
1: Hello, hello, and welcome to At Your Service, the podcast where we give you a behind-the-scenes look into the life of a service worker. We are switching gears into an interesting facet of service industry called pop-ups, or a restaurant that is temporary. You basically become an entrepreneur, buying the ingredients, making the food, and also getting customers to come. It kind of goes beyond the food service industry establishment, um, and there's more room for experimentation um, and it's a powerful way to avoid management and business headaches, and it also provides a sense of community.
0: So without further ado, we would like to welcome our guest, Miriam Khan, from the pop-up Khan of Detroit.
2: Howdy. Howdy, Miriam. How you
0: doing? How you doing? I'm
2: excellent. Do I'm basking do? in the sun today. It's good. It's
0: a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Just kind of, I guess, for a little intro, tell us a little bit about the pop-up, what you do, you know?
2: So Kana is basically, um, it's a Pakistani street food pop-up, but the recipes are not your traditional Pakistani food recipes. They're kind of recipes I grew up eating at home with uh, parents who were immigrants straight from the homeland, retranslated into the kind of food that I think I'd want to eat and people here would kind of... Jive with, you know, like we do things like burritos and nachos and sliders and um, like butter chicken nachos is kind of the staple for the mm-hmm. kind of thing we go for.
1: Sounds good. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's basically just like there's no better way to put it than saying it's stoner food.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, no, let me tell you, I've had this stuff. It is pretty awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so how did you start getting into cooking?
2: Um, I've kind of always cooked both my parents cook at home. So it's actually really funny there. I remember the origin of how this pop up came to be, but it wasn't until years later that it actually came to fruition. But, um, I was at home one day I came in home. I came home really stoned in high school and my mom had made like shrimp masala for dinner, which is just like a spicy shrimp stew. And it was sitting out, um, for me to eat. And I was high. So I took it and I saw these Hawaiian sweet buns like, oh, I'm going to fucking like make a sandwich out of this. And I put it on the bun and then I made like a chutney mayo out of my mom's chutney, made like a pickled salad out of the stuff they eat with dinner. And I ate it. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the best thing I've ever had in my life. (laughs) You were just stoned. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was super stoned. But I was also like, people need to eat this. Like, this doesn't exist anywhere. This is fucking awesome. And then what, like 10 years later, um, my friend Carlos, who does pop ups, he's my business partner, mm-hmm. runs Antony's um, and he does like food on his own, too. He and I started becoming really close one summer and I told him I, I like had this food idea I always wanted to pursue, but I didn't ever really do anything with it. I didn't have like an avenue to pursue it through. And he was kind of like, dude, I do pop ups all the time. Like, let's just do one. And, uh, so immediately I was like, all right, I've had this idea for this like shrimp masala slider. Yeah. Gotta put that on the menu. And he was like, cool. Well, what can we collab on? Like I make chips and salsa. And so I was brainstorming. I'm like, oh, um, the first thing I thought was American people love butter chicken. <laughs> yeah. Like American people just love butter chicken and that's a great nacho. And so we made that and it was a slam dunk. And, from, like, the first pop-up, we were just like, oh, okay, we're on to something. Like, this—people fuck with this. So that's how it came to be. So, like, was it hard to start the pop-up, though? I feel like
1: you're pretty well-known in the uh, Detroit community, oh, I'd thank say. You. Thank you. i <laughs> I feel like you can't just start a pop-up. How did you start networking? And- it was
2: actually— It was easy. I hate to say how easy. Like I feel like I just, it was one of those things where it was kind of like we were in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. Like, had I started this a few months prior, which I had the chance to do, I was dating someone who was doing DJ nights at Detroit City Distillery, and I ran this idea by him, and he was like, you should just do a pop-up here. People come do food pop-ups. And I never did. And I feel like it never would have taken off if I pursued that. So what year did you guys start the pop-up? 2018. 2018. It was September of 2018. Okay. And then when I met Carlos, he's like, you know, everyone knows Carlos. He sells his chips at Eastern Market. and He's fucking, he's like a face of Detroit. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, like it was just super natural. The fact that we started it as a kind of like fun one-off, we were just like, let's do this for funsies. Um, it was super effortless Mm -hmm. and it was really easy to come up with ideas for food because I've been eating this shit my whole life. So I was kind of just like, how can I retranslate like a potato and cauliflower stew into something different? Oh, I'll make a burrito out of it.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I feel like, well, I know you from, I think before you started the pop up, you You used to have like house parties and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, a bit (laughs) of a socialite. And I feel like having like, Those people that already know you in such a large group having that kind of like social network already like really helps out with that because you already have people that you know you have that many people that you can tell about it and then you have that many people that you know are going to come out
2: right that whenever you're out played a huge role because we always talk about how half the crowd at our pop ups is homies Mm -hmm. that just come up whether it's like the same people that come every week or. One of our friends who's like, oh, I finally got this day off of work. I finally came through. It's always like there's a consistency in who shows up. And then Mm -hmm. there's the people who find out about us through Instagram, Facebook, whatever.
1: For sure. What's your background in service industry in general? Like, did you work in restaurants? Uh, Did you just happen to do this pop up or did you know about waitressing, um, making food in the back of the house? How did you start with service industry?
2: Um, I've been serving for, God, how long has it been? It's been almost like eight or nine years now that I've been in the service industry. Mm -hmm. I actually started as a busser at this bougie-ass cafe inside Nordstrom called (laughs) Cafe Bistro. Um, I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yes. It was awesome. But no, it was really cool. The staff was dope. I was like the youngest person working there, had never worked at a restaurant, and eventually became a server there mm-hmm. left to go work at Hopcat down here in Detroit um Hated that and left, <laughs> and then just like worked at a slew of Is restaurants. Is this the first
1: service industry job that you liked? That's no, <laughs> okay.
2: actually, when Ross and I worked together at Ronin, I loved it there. Okay, Ronin
0: was honestly great. I feel yeah. like the co workers are really what yes. made it. I mean, that was it, you know, yeah, the clientele was pretty demanding in certain ways, but mm-hmm. like we all got each other through it, and exactly. that's why it was such mm-hmm. a good place.
2: It was sure. awesome, yeah, yeah. I really like I made some friendships that I'm happy to say, like, I don't foresee ending just because yeah. that job ended you know most definitely yeah we're here right now we're here right now <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah but so
1: tell us what was the last pop-up you did tell us about the food what you made i'm really interested in what you make yeah actually.
2: <laughs> so actually the last venue we did was a banger and it was after like all these months of winter complacency count almost yeah. um The last one we did was at Batch, which is where we've actually been popping up every Tuesday um, since, like, the end, end middle-end-ish of December. And we had a menu. I kind of wanted to emulate a spring menu because we had been doing the same one for the last three, four pop-ups. You Mm -hmm. know, it's dead season in restaurants until right about now. Um, So we put these pulled chicken tikka tacos on the menu um this vegan like coconut curry that i make okay. with a bunch of stuff in it um our fried butter chicken sandwich which is probably our best seller right now butter chicken nachos um, and then these tiny little treats called golgappe which every desi person knows is like just a little it's a little ball of heaven it's like a hollowed out flower shell that's hard and you fill it with um like a chickpea almost like a chana masala and then a bunch of, like, onion and cilantro topping and, like, three different chutneys and a crunchy topping on top of that. And you My just, mouth is watering. <laughs> it's really good. It's really That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's vegan. Oh, cool. Is worth, yeah, it's something worth mentioning. I always try yeah. to, like, have everything on the menu be accommodating to everyone's um, diets, you know, because, exactly. you know, you don't know what's out there. The
1: so since you've been in service industry, like, basically your whole life, um You can see like a lot of problems arise, of course. We've talked Mm -hmm. about them in our previous episodes, but um, comparing a pop-up to just like owning a restaurant and working in a restaurant, um, can you compare the – like what are the problems with Mm -hmm. pop-ups?
2: uh the well issues. we can't really buy things in bulk so i'm in a position right now where i'm super grateful because steven at batch has given us room in his walk-in to actually use like a shelf to store stuff in which is oh. something we've never had before yeah that is nice so we can actually like buy things and keep them there which up until this situation has not been a thing everything we buy we've had to like cook and use and then dispose of because we don't have storage for it. So mm. being a pop-up, most people are probably in that situation unless you have like some amazing setup at home.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You have to use everything that you're making for that one event. You can't buy things in bulk, which is mm. where, you know, restaurants save a bunch of money. You have your, um, you have your merchants and uh, produce sellers and everything that you work with to save money in bulk. And then if you have food left over, you have ways to store it and maybe like keep utilizing it the next day. We are are on a weekly rotation. So it's like if we don't use something, we have to get rid of it. We have to eat all of it. We have to do something with it. So I I think that's the biggest setback. Other than that, I can think of 100 reasons why I'm grateful to be in the position I'm in. Um, But uh, I'm probably being like too much of an optimist right now because the sun's on my back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was actually going to say with the the, like leftover stuff, I feel like – Usually – I mean I've seen plenty of times where you guys sell out Mm -hmm. for a night. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you're saying you kind of have to buy the ingredients in accordance to how much you're going to sell for the night. So I feel like there's like – in comparison to a lot of restaurants, like almost minimal food waste because of that and because you're serving it out to people like after the fact, you can – Share it amongst yourselves, Mm -hmm. the remainder of it. So I feel like that's kind of definitely a benefit of it.
2: Yeah, actually, you're totally right. You're totally right. I I know like a lot of restaurants probably go through so much stuff they just like throw out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you make a great point, Ross. We do usually go through all of it or eat it all because my like the people that work with us are usually happy to take stuff home. Yeah, for sure. You know, feed their dog with it, whatever.
0: And (laughs) also, you're doing the cooking process. You're planning out the menu, you're serving the food, and you're making the money from it. What is, like, your favorite part of that? Like, working with your friends on the dishes, like actually cooking them, like coming up with the ideas for them, serving them to people that you know and love and seeing them enjoy the food, or just, you know, the cash that you make after because <laughs> that's a real thing, too. Money, money. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, my favorite part right now is definitely a tie between actually being on the line during service mm-hmm. and... Um, like cooking with my friends while we're in the middle of a rush. We kind of we have a really good thing going right now in the kitchen. I'll have me, my sister Michelle, uh, one of my best friends, Dylan, and our good friend Brian. Um, and those are like the people who are there every single week. Then I'll usually have like either my friend Marley or another friend Michelle come in and rotate in and out mm-hmm. to uh, help us if we need more help on a busier night. But we have like a really great flow and I've never worked on a line before. So this is my first time running a line and it's so exhilarating. You know, you get like a full line of tickets and you're like, all right, who's working
1: on this? Like I need someone on it's tortillas. an adrenaline rush for sure. It yeah. is,
2: but they're all like, they're almost working harder than I am half the time. And it's just so cool to see these like people I love that have also never worked on a line, just like killing it. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the night, we're just like, wow, cool. Yeah, everyone. Great job. (laughs) It's definitely a tie between that and then serving the people I love or like meeting someone who's like, oh, my God, I've been meaning to try your food or I've been coming here every Tuesday. And my boyfriend and I come like there's this girl who came up to um, the window last time we popped up and was like, I just wanted to tell you that. I've been coming here every Tuesday with my boyfriend. This is our new Tuesday spot, and we love what you do. I'm like, I don't know you, but that's amazing. It's that sense of
1: community that I was saying earlier. Exactly. That's a beautiful thing. Would you ever want to start a restaurant, or would you just, like, stick to the pop-up?
2: No, I think my goal is now that I've seen, like, what it feels like to have a life plan, which I've never had before. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I would love to open a brick-and-mortar at some point, but I'm, like— I'm in no rush to do that because I dig the process and I love building organically on what we have now. Mm -hmm. So I'm not like we've had opportunities to like have a build out or join a space, do something. And so far, like, although they've been tremendous opportunities and some of them to work with people I really respect, um, they haven't really been what Carlos and I foresee ourselves doing. Um, So... I'm just waiting for the time to be right and for us to take that next step but until then pop-ups are so dope. Yeah. They are. Yeah, and honestly. Detroit is like pop-up city right now.
0: Seriously, yeah.
2: <laughs> really, yeah. I don't
1: I don't know like much about the pop-up scene honestly, mm. but are there well, a lot of pop-ups? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> like there's
2: there's more now than ever and I think a lot of it has to do with like people who have had a dream or a concept mm-hmm. or an idea seeing others who have never done anything in the food industry like you don't have to be a restaurant owner or a fucking trained professional chef Mm -hmm. to pursue something that you're passionate about and that you feel like people would gel with and understand and i think more people are understanding that and embracing the pop-up concept because we don't have overhead yeah i'm not paying for a building and the pandemic although it it terrified me because i thought it was going to wipe out our entire business it actually ended up being a blessing because i wasn't struggling when i was yeah. two, it's like breaking my heart to see all these people that i know who own restaurants. a lot of restaurant so, owners yeah like just oh. terrified of losing their business and still having to pay for a space that they were not using mm-hmm. um i was in a position to not have to do that and i still was able to grow after things kind of returned to some point of normalcy mm-hmm. within the food industry that's awesome
1: that you know accessibility particularly is it's better with pop-up that's actually really interesting i've never like thought about it that Mm -hmm. way that it's more accessible and um to people that wanna you know give food to the community that's really that's awesome yeah but how talking about covid how has covid affected your pop-up
2: um at first it was kind of terrifying because we we When the pandemic happened, we had just landed a weekly spot at the Elephant Room downtown. Mm -hmm. It's next to St. Andrews. And we were excited. You know, the kitchen was an awesome space. We were doing Thursdays there. And that had been like our goal for a long time because we would just bounce from place to place, having to carry all of our shit, not knowing when our next pop up was going to be until we scheduled it. We finally found a spot to be every week. Then the pandemic hit and we were kind of like, damn, we finally were on track growing forward going forward and things stopped right there and for like i don't know seven months i didn't do anything which had its benefits who doesn't like sitting around at home not doing anything <laughs> but i also was i kind of had embraced the fact that we might have to start from scratch or totally pitch this entire concept because yeah. the industry is never going to be like it was Yeah, and it ended up actually being like amazing for us because we came back and the community was totally ready to embrace everyone who is putting their shit forward to actually try and make it work like detroit has that sense of community that's stronger than any other place i've ever been you know it's not just about oh yeah like i'm hungry i'll go eat dinner it's about oh i'm gonna go line my friends pockets because they need this help and like i could totally cook dinner at home but i could also go support the homies and and so many people think like that so when steven asked us to do a pop-up at batch i thought it was just going to be um, another, like, you know, one off pop up. But it, I don't know, something must have clicked in his mind and he really enjoyed what happened there because he asked us to do Tuesdays there every week, which has been tremendous. Like, I'm, I'm so grateful to Stephen at Batch. He is like the most amazing, generous person ever. And he created a hub within Batch for pop ups in the city. Like, he just wants people to have a place to do what they do. And it's not just us. Like, he's Mm -hmm. had um, chartreuse coming through there um, on a weekly basis until they opened back up because they weren't able to function out of their restaurant. I know Lady of the House just started doing Wednesdays. Okay. And he's had other, um, like, hand pie pop-ups and just just other people come through. So, I don't know. I think the pandemic just kind of... It wasn't a total disaster. If anything, it just helped us like recalibrate and appreciate what we have and utilize the tools and the community that we have even more. For
1: sure. What kind of protocols? Uh, do you guys have any like protocols with like,
2: yeah. So many protocols. (laughs) Yeah. Not a moment goes by that you don't have gloves and a mask on. Um, we sanitize the shit out of everything before and after we use it. Um, like we actually have basically zero contact with people when we're in the kitchen. Mm Because Batch is only allowing people to eat outside. So Carlos is always the one taking orders at the window. And then there's this entire room between all the people and us in the kitchen. So where the food's being made, unless it's like a friend coming back there or like that lovely girl who came back to tell us how (laughs) much she loved Tuesdays. There's really no one coming back there. So it's cool. And we get tested regularly. Luckily, we all yeah. just got vaccinated. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, because, I mean, yeah, that would classify as, like, service industry within the city of Detroit. Exactly. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, how like, what's the process of coming up with the recipes? I know you talked a little bit about, uh, like, your childhood and eating, like, the traditional Pakistani food and stuff like that. But um, incorporating the fusion into it, do you and somebody else work on it, or is it mostly just you or –
2: um, I would say it's mostly me uh, since these are the recipes that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely Carlos and I at the end of the day coming up with things like he's the person I call like, yo, what do you think of this? And also Michelle and Dylan have a huge hand in helping me now. Um, I'll run ideas past them when we're in the kitchen. I'll be like, hey, what do you guys think we could do with like chickpeas further than just chana masala or gol But mostly it's me laying in bed at the end of the night thinking of. Just, like, going through my mind, recipes I've had at home. For sure. And how I can just take them to the next level and do something that hasn't been done yet. That's, like, where I try to center all of the ideas that come to me. It's like, what has not been done yet?
1: For sure. So I'm Serbian. My uh, family has, like, a bunch of Serbian dishes and stuff. I'm, like, thinking of them, like... Of me changing it, I feel like they're rolling in their graves right yeah. now. <laughs> Does your family feel any certain way about it, like to change the traditional uh food to something more modern, something you know? They are stoked. Really, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I feel like my grandparents would be like, no. Yeah. I know.
2: I, d- I wonder how my grandparents would feel about it. Yeah. But my par- I think my parents are just thrilled that one of their daughters, because my sister and I, when it comes to like Pakistani cultural standards, we're pretty, pretty much the black sheep of. So the family Mm -hmm. um i think that they were just like yes you want something to do with the culture (laughs) that's amazing so they're 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 super supportive like every time i tell them i told them i did this like slapping joe which is really like the corniest thing you could do with anything even the name is so fucking tacky but i don't even care i'm like this is on brand Um, slapping joe
0: Joe? yeah there's
2: there's this like ground beef dish called gima which is just basically spicy ground beef stew And I'm like, Oh slaps. Yeah, it slaps. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone like even I grew up eating sloppy joe at home. And so when I told my mom, I thought she was gonna be like, "You could do better," but she was just <laughs> like, "Wow, that's so smart!" Oh, that's awesome. That <laughs> <Yeah. is. laughs> um, so the pub—it's pop- in Batch.
1: Is Batch like a bar?
2: It's a I'm brewery. So it's a brewery. Okay. In a, yeah, it's a beer garden. I do would you ever call it. get
1: really drunk customers? What's that like?
2: Um, actually, not really. Oh. You know, like people—people people are pretty leveled out. I don't know if they've ever had to deal with that, but. People keep their cool there. Okay. And Steven's really good at moderating behavior. I've seen him, like, call some people out and be like, hey, you're acting up. Like, you are cut off.
0: There's a good amount of damage control going on. <laughs> I, I do know that you've done a bunch of different bars, though. Yeah. For sure. And it's, from what I know, it's been mostly bars, right? Yes. That you pop up at? Okay, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I know that sometimes people can get kind of crazy at the outer limits and whatnot. <laughs> in the <ham-tammic laughs> area, yeah, you'll run into some <laughs> totally. inebriants. But, uh... But, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's good to hear that you don't really deal with a whole lot of that. I feel like that would be more so something that, like, a bartender would deal with at the same time in that situation. Luckily, we
2: don't have much of that coming our way. Well, that's that's
1: good. good. Is that because specifically it's a pop-up and you're on the line and you don't have to deal with customers as much? Do you think that's what it is? Well,
2: actually, just this specific situation being at Batch is the first time – and Elephant Room is the first time we're in, like, an external kitchen and Mm -hmm. not right there because normally – It's one setup. We have four tables that create a cube. Carlos is at the front one taking orders, and then I'm taking up the back two, like, Mm -hmm. making food. So we're front-facing with everyone, usually. But now that we have, like, access to a kitchen, that doesn't happen. So I would be out there, like, at Kiesling, seeing someone act a fool. I've definitely seen people throw up. No one's ever come. and like I can't think of a time that anyone's, like, fucked with us while we've been doing a pop-up. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Plus, I feel like you always have like a decent amount of people up there. Exactly. So if anybody were to get unruly, it would be taken care of pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully not to yeah. that. No. Point, yeah, sorry. <laughs> catch hands. Knocking so, yeah. the food trays over and exactly. whatnot. No, we, right. don't want, we don't want any of that. <laughs> so what
1: do you hope for the future of your pop up? I know you were talking about your own restaurant and stuff, but I guess talking more short term goal, what's your goal like? For the month, you know,
2: for the month, I want to continue to do Tuesdays at batch. And Mm. my goal right now is to churn out a new menu item every week. Okay. So, with the winter months, you know, there came a little bit of complacency because we got less of a crowd. And I was kind of like, I don't want to bring out new dishes while we're not experiencing a a crowd, you know? So now I'm like, I have to make up for those months mentally. Mm. So I just want to, I want to like create a new dish every single week, so that we can just basically expand our menu as a whole, and that's like my short term goal. I have like ten year goals too. Yeah, <laughs> what? Tell us. Yeah, for sure. Um, eventually, I would love to open a Detroit location, um, somewhere in New Center, mm-hmm. because that's my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And then down the line, I, I love. California, so I would just love to have like an wow. LA location. Uh, really, really <laughs> cool. LA, yeah, that was
1: cool. <laughs> you
2: know, like insane. But every time I go there, I'm like, oh, this food would like really work out here.
0: Yeah, no, I was gonna say that seems like a place where it would be very, very popular. Yeah, I think so sure. too. I would 100%. just have to
2: find like Big Daddy Money, Money Man, yeah, let me bankroll you, baby, because. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're out there, hit me up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I personally
1: want to thank you um to look at like your Instagram and see everything going on. It's inspiring and Aww. you seem like a very hard worker and, you know, Ross and I want to thank you for, you know, providing food for Detroit.
0: And- oh,
2: thank you for like being part of the community that receives yeah. it. But yeah.
1: We're going to wrap up here. But,
0: it's- uh, yeah, right before we do, do you have any advice for anybody who's trying to start a pop up in Detroit? Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> Seriously. Like, a shot. <laughs> yes,
2: I'm serious because there's so many businesses right now that are, because of COVID, open to having people take over their patio for a night. Reach out to anyone. If you go to a restaurant that you notice hosts pop ups, talk to the owner and be like, hey, I have this idea. Like, would you be down for me to... Do one here. If they say no, go to the next place. Just do it. Just someone, do someone it. out there will like your Nike. food. Sounds like yeah. A spice yeah. yeah, don't let your inhibition <laughs> slow you down. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, thank you for coming on today. We love you. Oh, I love and you remember,
2: guys. And remember
0: Tuesdays at Batch Brewing yes. for the Con of Detroit pop up. Everybody, bow, 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 go down there, get your food. Mm.
2: Yes, thank you guys so much for having me. This was <laughs> real you, cool. Thank you, Mary. Appreciate you. Anytime.
1: <laughs> Bye, Ross. Bye, Meal.
2: Sorry, yeah, that... I know we had limited time. No, it's cool. That flew by. I'm sorry if I was just like. No, no, no. no, no. no, no, no.